Welcome back to the Trade Society Traders Improve podcast. I am your host. My name is Rolf. I am also the co-founder of Trade Society and Edgewonk.com and I've been trading myself for over 15 years. And today we're going to talk about the topic, what does it take to find a strategy that really fully fits to you personally? So without wasting any time, let's dive into today's topic. And I am not sure, I think I've talked about this previously, but there are so many new things that I want to share that have come up and that I think will help you in your path as a trader to make the right decisions and also to avoid pitfalls and just be a little bit more aware of uh, what is actually important, what you should be paying attention to. And a lot of traders, when you ask them, that they think, or rightfully so, that they need to have a strategy that fits to them personally. And a strategy, as we will see, needs to be adjusted and molded around your strengths, your weaknesses, your level of risk appetite and other factors. And I will go into each of those step by step in a moment. Also, there's always the question, should you use indicators or price action? And one thing that I have come to learn over the last 15 years being a trader myself, but also having worked with hundreds of traders, I have friends and I know traders who trade professionally for many years who are fun traders. And one thing about those is that there is not one common theme about is price action better or are indicators better. And I know professionals who do use price action only. I know a lot of traders who use indicators only. Three of the very famous um, examples are Oliver Kell, US investing champion in 2020, return 100, uh, 940%. He uses four different moving averages. Christian, I'm gonna butcher the name, Quellamagi, I think. He turned 9,000 into 82 million US dollar. He uses three different moving averages in ATR. Marty Schwartz, featured in the Market Wizards, also US investment champion, and he turned 40,000 into 20 million US dollar. He uses a moving average as his one of his most famous and most important tools, and he has also a custom indicator. So it's very important what I have seen. Many traders have prejudices, biases when they come to me and they say, I want to have a strategy and I need only a price action, or I don't trust moving averages, or whatever it may be. And one of the most important things is that I tell them is to be open-minded. Try different tools, try different things. It's not true at all, and history has proven it time and time again, that indicators don't work, or price action is the only way to go. That is not true at all, and very often, when traders come to me and they say that they don't want to use indicators, for example, is that first of all, they have a wrong understanding of how to use indicators in the first place. And maybe they have just listened to too much internet uh, talk about how price action is the king. It's the only thing indicators are lagging, but those things are just simply not true. And I think personally as a, if you want to become a professional trader, you have to approach pretty much everything and anything open-minded and if you have not given it your all and you if you haven't spent um, a substantial amount of time with a specific tool and indicator if you haven't even looked at how a specific indicator is calculated haven't tried trading a strategy and haven't really understood how the different principles work um, 
I would recommend to be open-minded and not approach it with any prejudices because I have seen it many times that a trader has come to me and he was struggling. I gave him the tip to use a specific indicator based on whatever struggle he was having. And very, very often those traders really appreciated the, the additional confluence because an indicator in the end is a 100% objective uh, confirmation tool. The moving average is always going to be at that spot. There's no... There's no uh, interpretation about is the moving average there or is it not there, just not as in price action where there's just so much subjectivity and it's very easy to make mistakes or become the victim of your biases. So um, indicators in general can be really, really great tools if you are open-minded. So that's the first thing. And now let's come to the main point. How do you actually customize a strategy? And what are the the screws that you can turn and how do they impact what you're going to experience in your trading. When we talk about finding the right strategy for a trader, we usually start with the question, do you want to be a swing trader or a day trader? Because those are usually the two broad categories that are giving us so different and significantly different strategies and we're going to take a look at the components of a strategy so the time frame choice is the first obvious one it's a very very different time frame choice if you want to be a swing trader or a day trader day trader typically somewhere either on one hour or usually much lower 15 minute five minute or even lower but those are then usually considered scalpers whereas on the other hand a swing trader is usually found on the much higher time frames daily four hour in cases, maybe two hours. But you'll see there's a huge, huge difference. And what is the difference actually uh, bringing you? First of all, the trade frequency. Some traders just prefer to have constant action and they have the notion of, I want to be a trader, so I need to be in a trade and I need to trade all the time. And those people are often better, at least in the beginning, um, suited as a day trader on the lower time frames because Obviously, compare the five minutes to the, the four hour or to the daily time frame, you're going to have a multiple of more candles every day as a swing trader and therefore a multiple of more trades every single day, which is not always a good thing because day traders need to be emotionally very resilient. If you have 10 trades in a day, it may not be surprising or uncommon rather to have losing streaks that stretch three, four, five, six losses in a row but you still need to pull yourself together as a day trader and keep trading until that good trade comes around and brings you back to the to profits. Whereas as a swing trader, if you feel emotional, you have the luxury of just closing your computer, going out for a walk and forgetting everything and not staying in front of your computer where you can wreck more havoc. So that's uh, one thing that's very important to understand. Um, obviously also the time avail availability is very different. As a swing trader, it's ideal if you have also a day job, you can do your chart work in the morning, on the weekends, in the evening. And during the day, you, for the most part, don't need to watch uh, at your charts. If you, have, if you want to be a day trader, on the other hand, usually what you do is you trade a complete session. So, for example, the U.S. session or at least the opening. Then you're going to trade when the U.S. market opens for the next three, four hours until the U.S. market goes to lunch but you need to be in front of the charts for multiple hours at a time, which is often not possible if you have a day job. So those are very important and obvious differences. 
However, there are subtle differences that many traders overlook. For example, as a swing trader, what you're going to do is you hold trades much, much longer, often overnight or usually overnight, sometimes even over the weekend or over multiple weekends. And traders or many traders have issues and they struggle with letting winning trades run. It's a very, very common issue that and it's a it's a it's a bias that we are all struggling with at one point or the other is you're in a trade but you are scared that your the trade will go and turn on you and you will give back your profits so we are often not able to hold our trades for as long as we should and this is a big problem as a swing trader because it's one of the key components and the key um, pillars of being a swing trader you need to be able to let your winning trades run and cutting your winning trades is one of the biggest issues that traders face. Often it's very easy to stay in a losing trade. That's uh, We don't have problems with that because we always think that it's going to turn around. So we hold on to our losers for way too long. But on the other hand, if we cut our winners then too short, that's a huge problem because we end up with large winners, uh, uh, large losses and small winners. And that's going to completely break every strategy. So the holding time is a big, big factor. The open risk as well. You're going to hold a trade over the weekend or overnight, obviously you are introducing very different risk parameters into your trading. Especially in today's world, anything could happen overnight. And then you may be asleep in your bed and if you trade stocks, you are just uh, gonna wake up to maybe a big surprise in the morning. If you're a forex trader, your trades are open in the night and the market is running, you could face huge gaps overnight. And that is a common thing that swing traders are often struggling with and not every swing trader is okay with holding trades all the time because the black swan it doesn't happen all the time but if it happens could mean um, yeah really really big problems for you as a swing trader you generally don't have those you're in and out of the trades very quickly you usually can sleep much better during the night because you don't have any trades open unless you have had a bad losing day then that might be uh, an issue as well for your sleep but in general you don't have those open risk factors weekend trading you are usually always flat so that's a that's a pro on the day trader side and a potential con on the on the swing trading so very very important to consider and you can see there's a there's not one size fits all and there's always pros and cons but i'm trying to to highlight here and give you some food for thought also the the way you style your strategy there are obviously different approaches on how to take profits, how to use stop loss orders. Do you have an open ended target and do you hope to hit a big trend trade and you're using a, a trailing stop loss approach, but no, no target. Then what you're going to do is or what's going to happen in your trading strategy is that you're going to have occasional very, very large winning trades, but the rest of your trades are probably going to be either small losses or small wins. So I've seen a lot of traders who have such approaches and in theory they sound really, really nice. And I have seen traders who just have three, four, five really good trades every year and each trade maybe makes them 5, 10, 15 R. But the rest of the time they are break even or slightly losing traders. And this can be okay for some people. If you are professional and you have experience, that may be fine. But if you are new, you're learning or you are generally not so good yet, then having such a strategy with an open-ended trading stop-loss approach may not be the best decision because you're going to have weeks or months where you're not making money and you're trading break-even just 
waiting for this one big winning trade to come around. So that's very important if you think about should you use a fixed target approach, maybe a 2 to 1, 3 to 1 reward to risk ratio, or are you going to hit for the home run? Again, I, I keep bringing it up. I have been, uh, I know a hedge fund trader in Singapore. He trades a 1 to 1 reward to risk ratio strategy. And he said that the 1 to 1, um, he has a very fairly high win rate. His winning trades and his losing trades are obviously uh, similar in size, which is the one-to-one -one reward to risk ratio, but he has a very high high win rate. And he said personally that he feels much better. Um, he, do he doesn't experience those big swings. And he found personally that it is it's suited better for him. So again, something to consider here when you um, adjust or build a trading strategy and things to consider. The assets that you're trading are also quite important because they're going to have different characteristics. And for example, when we uh, compare the obvious Forex versus stocks, there's obviously there are huge differences. Forex is running 24 hours, five days a week. So even during the night, the Forex market will be open. And if you're a swing trader, you hold a trade overnight, the market can move and you have no control over what's happening. And if a black swan comes around, a big news event, is happening in, in Japan or in Australia while you're sleeping, you cannot react and you may wake up to an unpleasant surprise. Whereas as a stock trader, the markets are closed in the night and obviously also things could happen in the night, but uh, the market is not going to move on you in the night. Obviously you're facing gaps then, which are bringing or which are highlighting a different characteristics. In Forex, you typically only have the weekend, Monday morning gap, whereas in stocks you are constantly facing gaps and gaps create a very different picture when we look at price action for example so technical analysis needs to be applied a little bit differently stock wise versus um, uh, versus forex obviously also there's a difference in in cryptos um, volatility wise momentum wise and also the asset choice as a forex trader you have a limited selection of forex pairs that you trade. Granted, there are probably 100 forex pairs that you can choose, but uh, you have the main currencies, US dollar, Euro, Yen, Swiss dollar, Aussie, New Zealand, and the rest is often very, very correlated. And even though you may have a, a basket of 50 forex pairs that you watch, um, in the end, they're often very correlated. So you have not a huge um, selection opportunity, whereas as stocks, you can go to the US stock market, you can go to the European, Australian, Japanese, whatever you uh, want to trade. There's a stock market around the world and um, the markets may be correlated, but usually not as much. So you have way, way more um, opportunities and you have more potential to select markets. So also very, very important uh, thing to consider asset classes. Position sizing obviously is very, very clear. Do you um, have an, a strategy where you use 1%, 2%, a half a percent? Generally, what happens is that the more your account, your trading account grows in terms of money, the lower your percentage will be. For example, uh, you're going to trade often in the beginning, 1% or 2%, especially if you have very small accounts, such as anything below uh, 5,000, I would consider a very small trading account. And there, usually what happens is you risk 1% or 2%. 1% uh, on a 5,000 is 50 US dollar per trade. That's a pretty decent size. Um, but you're not going to risk 1% on a, a million dollar account. That would be uh, way too much 
also emotionally to handle. So position size usually goes hand in hand with account size. Also, a big difference is passive or active management. When you are in a trade, what are you going to do? Some traders don't manage their trades at all. So they have a complete passive approach, which is good if you don't have the opportunity, for example, to watch your trades during the day. Maybe you're at your office job and you cannot access your trading platform, then a passive approach might make more sense. An active approach, you may be able to react to changes in the market and the charts much quicker. However, they need and require more uh, time, obviously. You need to check your charts much, much more regularly. And also, if you have made the decision, I'm, I'm not managing my trades, you are probably also less often going to check your charts. And the less you check your charts, the less you can make impulsive mistakes. Whereas if you're always in front of your trading platform, uh, you are more likely to mess around with your trade and in the end mess it up. Move your stop loss too fast, move your target, add a, add a trade, uh, exit a trade too, uh, too soon and all of those common, common things. And you can see those are usually the, the things that are adjustable. So the big, big things is timeframes, higher or lower timeframes, which lead to holding time, how many trades every day or every week you're going to have, how long are you going to stay in your trades, do you hold trades over the weekend, overnight, um, open-ended target versus not fixed approach. And those are usually the big things. And I've seen many times that a trader that is struggling with a trading strategy if you really spend time talking to them, you will often see that the strategy is not 100% aligned with their strengths and weaknesses. There are parts that the trader doesn't feel comfortable with. I was mentoring a trader and uh, she was really good, uh, but she had occasional issues. And when I dig, dug deeper a little bit, I, we found out that um, the risk appetite is not what she was actually trading. So she didn't like having open trades over the weekend and over overnight. So we had to come up with ideas and uh, techniques and approaches to combat those those things and find a way around that. And very often traders are not aware of it. They contribute their struggle and their failure to the wrong things. And that is really dangerous. If you believe that um, you are not making money because of whatever it may be, your indicator is not working uh, or whatever it may be, uh, you're not good at, at entries. You're going to look for improvements uh, or so to speak improvements at the wrong at the wrong end and you're going to try to adjust things that are actually not broken however if you know about what can be adjusted in a strategy what are um, often and common problems that traders face you can try to fix the right things and you can look at things and ask yourself how can i actually change that and i don't like how the strategy is is uh, is behaving in a certain way or it is giving me the specific characteristics that I don't like. And then you can and then you can approach things um, in the right way and you can fix actually what is broken and that that's then where you're going to see big, big improvements in your trading. So I hope you had something that you could take away from this podcast. If you did enjoy it, don't forget to leave a review on Spotify, on iTunes, leave a comment on Podbean, wherever you're consuming this. Let me know and I look forward to hearing your feedback until the next Thursday.